0: Hello and welcome everyone to Sacred Balance. I'm your host, Jui Rami. Sacred Balance is a special space created for seekers where we come together to explore deeper dimensions of life and share spectacular stories of people who are avidly seeking that balance while thriving and tasting magic of life and all its possibilities. So come join us and together let's make it happen. This week on our Sacred Balance podcast, we have a mother-son duo celebrating their beautiful bond and their love for Sadhguru. Shelly Thomas is a French professor at the Middle Tennessee State University. She's also the founder and director of the Center for Accelerated Language Acquisition. KALA also offers Isha Hatha Yoga classes as a part of its stress management program for teacher training which is open to the community. Rishi Purcell, Shelley's son, after being a troubled youth in his early teens, has been deeply inspired by his mother's footsteps and has blossomed into a yogi with a certified Isha Hatha yoga teacher training. This dynamic mother-son team sets a fire not only during our conversation but creates magic on many levels in their community by offering tools for well-being and making the world a better place. Hey, how are you today? Hi, Julie. Hi, I'm good.
1: Welcome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> welcome Thanks. both of you to our Sacred Balance podcast. We're so so excited to have you, and so grateful to you both that you made some time for us this Saturday afternoon to chat with us. And uh, so looking forward to this. So welcome again.
2: Well, thank Thanks. you for inviting us.
0: It's c- certainly our pleasure here at Sacred Balance to to get us started. Um, you know, we all grow up in our own way, and We come to life in our journey and and in that path, we meet so many people and so many things happen to us. And on a spiritual path, we meet a lot of cool people and we evolve and we grow and we learn. And a lot of people have an impact on our life. So to, to really bring that aspect in focus today, I would like to know, Shelly, f- from you first, because you are mother of Rishi, and um, because of your experiences and what you had going on, you know, bringing up Rishi as a child and everything that you faced um, in that, how did you discover spirituality, spiritual path, and how did you find Sadhguru first?
2: Can we start uh, with that? Sure, that'd be fine. You know, as a typical Midwestern American, I was raised in a church. But I would say um, after marriage and divorce, uh, then I became a more serious seeker. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I did was I joined an art studio in Nashville. It's called Art and Soul. And uh, the woman who happened to uh, be the director of it, tried to help people work with art and therapy and tried to help them uh, discover them themselves on the interior. Mm -hmm. Well, what I didn't know was um, I had never heard of Osho, but she had been a follower of Osho Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and she had also, you know, eventually in 1997 been
0: with
2: Sadhguru. Yeah. So, I remember the day that she came back from her first uh, workshop with Sud in 1997. Mm -hmm. She came back and she emailed everybody and she said, you guys, I've there's a Vanderbilt has invited a real guru. I just learned some practices with him. He's the real thing. I know what I'm talking about because I was a, uh, one of the sannyasins for Osho and you've got to go to him. Well, um, I was busy with my career um, and Rishi was still young. I think he was like six or something like that. And it wasn't until um, many years later when he was 14 and we began to have, you know, um, a tense relationship over stuff like um, the kind of people that he was hanging around with. Um, doing drugs, um, not participating in school the way that, you know, I thought he should. When that type of tension rose to a certain pitch, Mm -hmm. um, I remember reading um, uh, Autobiography of a Yogi. Mm -hmm. I I suppose it was because Arunima suggested that it, it might be helpful to go to Sadhguru. So I read that and I did get more interested so when he was 14, uh, I searched out one of his um, seven day programs, which was that was in 2006 in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I was 50 years old and uh, I went and came back and I told Rishi and his dad, um, you know, this is what I'm going to be doing. This is uh, I, I need to have uh, have this time private and quiet. Um and they both respected it. Mm-hmm. Now Rishi's dad is a philosophy professor, so he, he knows about Eastern thought. Mm-hmm. And Rishi he had given a book to Rishi Lao Tzu. Yeah. So Rishi had read about Eastern thought. So mm-hmm. they respected what I was doing and I don't I don't know if you want me to continue, but that's how. That's yeah. how I got
0: No, please continue. I would like to know a little bit more about that.
2: Sure. So I began, uh, I did my practices every day. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would watch Sadhguru at that time. He had only been recorded on VHS. So I got a little VHS out and I put it in. And I remember Rishi coming into the sunroom one day, uh, while I was watching Sadhguru, you know, to ask me a question. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he did a double take and he said, who is that? Because of course he, I had never watched a guru on TV before. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's, that's the gentleman that taught me yoga and meditation. Mm-hmm. And, um, he listened for a bit and this is now what I know what he said now. Um, mm-hmm. he was comparing Sadhguru to Lao Tzu who was dead. Yeah. And he was surprised that somebody alive was talking about the same things that Lao Tzu was. Yeah. So every once in a while he would come in and I would read him portions. I was reading one of Sadhguru's books also,
0: mm-hmm. and within
2: six months he asked if he could go to a program too. Wow! Yeah. Yeah. Without any, I had decided not to. I had decided just to focus on me.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's and I I give this analogy of the the person sitting in the airplane.
0: You yeah. know they
2: tell you if your mask comes down put yours on first before you put your child's on. So I didn't mention really anything unless, you know, Rishi asked. And of course at that time, his name was Walker. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so he did ask, and I I don't know if you want me to continue with that. Yes, please do. So he asked and it was, we were, of course, his father and I were a little bit shocked at first because it it would mean number one, we'd have to take him out of school for a week. Mm -hmm. And number two, The high school that he went to, um, he had already established himself as someone who wasn't interested in studies, who was hanging around with a certain group of kids. He had gotten detention several times. And so he had kind of a reputation. Mm -hmm. Um, And when we, so his dad and I went to the principal, we sat down and we just were very frank with her. We said, our son wants to learn yoga and meditation from an Indian guru. Uh She just looked at us and said, whatever works yeah huge we were relieved and we we couldn't go because we had to work um we both teach at the university and rishi signed up for the one in um i don't i can't remember where it was rishi yeah yes go ahead
1: so uh, this is in 2004, though, right? Not 2006. Rishi, oh, can you come a
0: little bit closer so we can hear you a little bit better?
1: Uh, is that any better?
0: Yes.
2: Yeah, okay. thanks for tracking that. I say 2006 because that's when I went over to India. I do mean 2004. Mm.
1: So you, you took your program early 2004, right?
2: Yeah, right in January.
1: Okay. Okay. Gotcha.
2: Yeah. So is, that, is, that, is there anything else? Oh I, I never... mean
1: I, I don't know I, I don't know what no, the, for formatting I was just yeah. gonna say um I feel like my um my uh, my side of the uh the initial part of the story was maybe just a little bit different on one point because I feel like you right. said um I feel like you said that we um respected your yoga time and i f- <laughs> I feel like that's a, maybe a little bit generous of, <laughs> for me <laughs> okay this
2: is think, great uh, okay yeah tell me what you how you
0: felt <laughs> yes yes tell us more Rishi yeah
1: I think uh so I mean I remember when you used to do um you know like regular American yoga at the YMCA type of thing you know <laughs> when I was a kid yeah. and I remember I went with you several times and I had no interest in it and I thought it was you know so that old people don't break their hip or something <laughs> but uh, uh, do you remember me telling you why i went with you guys because you used to go and get
2: because you, you like the thai food afterwards
1: <laughs> exactly <laughs> so so uh, there was a
2: treat involved i see <laughs> oh
1: yeah 100 thai, percent. thai food was and probably still is my favorite um Aww. but uh we so i didn't i feel like Maybe respect is a stronger word, <laughs> giving me more credit than is due. But uh, I, I feel like um, when you when you went, I didn't really think anything of it. And when you were practicing on your own, that was, um, I would say, in my in my teenage mind, that was, you know, 30 minutes to an hour that I could get away with whatever mischief <laughs> I wanted to get up to.
2: <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. I
1: remember I remember. Uh, realizing the uh, that a certain sound that you were making in the practice meant I had only a few minutes left, and <laughs> so I had to wrap up whatever I was
2: <laughs> oh, That is it. so cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, that makes it even more awesome that you wanted to go. That's so cool.
1: Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I think, you know, like like you were saying, uh, uh, and I, I don't know, maybe if I can go a little bit more into what you were talking about with... Um, uh dad so my dad is a philosophy professor and mm-hmm. i i didn't know about this when i was a kid i i didn't really understand i i feel like i barely knew that india existed at all yeah um and uh but because my dad like
0: going to school so how would you know the geography <laughs> i don't
1: i think you're i think you're um i think you're overestimating my school <laughs> i think the majority of my um uh, high school education was with professor wikipedia
0: oh boy <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. but
1: <laughs> uh, but i know my, my dad had um he had been with um i believe was it swami premananda is that right mom does that sound right
2: that's right
1: yeah okay. and he had he came over to the us with uh was it yogananda
2: yogananda yeah yes.
1: yeah okay so, uh, so my dad had been with like so my dad and my grandmother had went to uh, Swami Pramananda's, um I guess, temple or whatever it was. And uh, he, when he was a kid, he got initiated into some sort of practice. Um, I not I didn't really know much about it, um, but he wasn't practicing by the time, you know, I was a kid. By the time I, you know, was a was a person. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was uh, so he like, sort of um, grew
0: out of it. You think, or he just didn't have enough time?
1: I think he just didn't have the support necessary oh, okay. to yeah. go much deeper into it. Because yes. I I believe they
2: under uh, twelve.
1: Yeah, he was like 12, 13, something like that. Eleven, twelve, thirteen, from what I understood. So I I feel like once the family moved or some you know some shift happened or something, and then he didn't have access to it anymore. Yeah. Um. But he,, uh, when I was growing up, um, I feel like I got exposure to um, the idea of a spiritual process and you know, enlightened beings, and, I guess people talking about uh, the mechanics of your experience of life and human suffering and that kind of a thing, like like my mom was saying through through Lao Tzu and like mm-hmm. Dao Jing and stuff about either either chinese taoist stuff or um a little bit of uh maybe zen buddhist stuff so i was simultaneously i guess as a teenager i remember reading um the last days of socrates mm-hmm. uh in middle school and uh Dao de jing i actually made a <laughs> i remember the the most stylish period of my life i made a t-shirt that i like did an art thing and it, it was mm-hmm. like Dao de jing t-shirt That I was so proud of.
0: That's so cool.
1: (laughs) While I was like, you know, skipping class and (laughs)
0: trying
1: trying to drink, drink things with my friends or something like that. Um, But it's so
0: cool, Rishi, how you, you know, just, it's, it's a story to tell, you know, the kids nowadays they get labeled with like attention disorders and because they have so much energy that d- doesn't get always focused into one direction and how your mom being such a cool mom without even forcing you into this, she kind of like made this happen for you. And then all the troubles that you were facing as a teenager and, you know, possibly drugs that are bad company that or peer pressure. And right now, like kids go through a lot more like cyber bullying and stuff like that. You know, if some parents are listening right now or even like, you know, teenager happens to, you know, click in right now and listen, you know, that's your story is one to tell, like how you can overcome all of those things. And yoga can really transform your entire existence into a whole new possibility. Yeah.
2: Well, can I can I add a a realistic story to this? Yes, please do. Because um i was a typical parent who wanted uh things for rishi and mm-hmm. before i did the yoga i decided to change his environment that that mm-hmm. was the answer and i'm sure all parents very well intended do this yeah. so so i started to enroll him at a at a private school that was about an hour away mm-hmm. he was very very upset about it and he told me that if I forced him to go there, that he would come. He he promised me he would come back in a police car. Oh boy! So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and so it was that point. And
1: I feel like that. I feel like that story kind of characterizes the forcefulness of our relationship before. Yeah. Beforehand. Yeah. yeah. And and I feel like um, it wasn't. I don't. And you, maybe you can speak more on this, mom. But I don't. I don't know that it was at first necessarily. A, a wisdom of of having a different approach, but a um, a resignation uh, th- uh, that you had to kind of, like you said, as- put your own mask on before trying to uh, assist others or something. It exactly. felt like you had. It felt like I had I had forced your hand or something.
2: Yeah, and that's what I want to make clear. To I don't want you to think that I yeah. did some wise thing. I was resigned to Mm -hmm. the the reality of the situation and I just felt like if I focused on myself Mm -hmm. I would have to let the chips fall where they may.
0: Yeah and it's so cool because kids never really listen to what you have to say anyway but they watch you (laughs) they observe you and they look at everything that you do and just by you doing yoga, listening to Sadhguru, he was observing everything that you were doing. And I think he he absorbed some of that and became open and became available to this magic of yoga. And
1: well, this, I'd like to ask
2: you
1: Go ahead, were you, were you gonna ask something? Well,
2: well um, you weren't just observing me. Is it okay to, to say how you felt about your own life? Wasn't that kind of a motivation too?
1: Yeah, I, I will say that, um, you know like like you mentioned uh when i just came in and happened to end up watching the that vhs of uh Sadhguru at the time mm-hmm. i had a i had it that was that was kind of the pulling uh that i had a very strong experience just seeing him talk for the first time and yeah. um i uh i remember like from that w- that was kind of what got me into it and i but i feel i i will say that um During that time, I think the, uh, the shift, I I mean, you know, being a teenager, I think you have such a hypersensitive nose for, (laughs) um, adults telling you something that may not have worked for them or may not really be true for them, but it's just like a thing that they push along, uh, yeah. And I, f- I feel like that was kind of part- partly the space that I was in. Um, I was like shifting from parental and um, teacher approval to more more based in peer approval for mm-hmm. my, I guess, social well-being. And um, I-, I feel like the uh, w- the shift that I- that I can say that I-, I feel like I noticed in my mom in you mom was that um, it seemed like. Uh, there was a certain genuine uh, genuine interest in what she was doing, and there was uh, the, the capacity to allow me to think for myself, I guess, came across mm-hmm. and was it seemed like a big deal. Um, I would say that I, I don't know that I was super conscious of it, but I definitely felt the shift, for sure, yeah. in a big way.
2: Right, right. Yeah, I did feel like life or death here. I felt like I was losing you and that this was, you know, the final straw.
0: And what a helpless feeling that is as a parent. And, you know, anyone listening right now, they, you know, especially during pandemic, parenting has changed a lot. A lot of parenting has become at home school kind of a setting for the kids and constantly having to be on all the time with your kids because they're not going to school anymore. And um, it's it's a, it's a whole different situation during pandemic. And a lot of parents feel overwhelmed in how to do a better job in bringing up their kids. So this is a very beautiful story in how this just happened. And do you think Sadhguru always says that he has initiated more people that he has never met than the people that he's actually met. So Rishi and Shelly, have you, like, when you look at Sadhguru before you even met him, because I know both of you have been in his presence and I have personally taken programs with him, but just seeing him on TV, Rishi, like, did you feel like there was something that was capturing you beyond what words could explain?
1: I uh, I feel like uh, I I don't, generally try and say too much about that but uh (laughs) yes um i remember just sitting for the first that vhs um and also my experience of him in the program Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um it felt like the way that his logic um like the type of impact his his lot his train of thought or his logic had on my um, experience was i felt like i could just remain very still um so i just remember a certain a certain experience of um stillness that was that i don't think i fully understood or appreciated or thought about very much at the time but it was um it was it was a strong enough experience that um i asked to you know go to the thing Yeah. Go to the program.
0: So moving from this moment, what happened next for you, Shelly, and then Rishi for you? What was the next few things that led up to, you know, a deeper possibility in this path?
2: Well, uh, he went ahead and went to the program. There were some other adults going from Nashville. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, he just went by himself and he came back and bam, the next day, practices. Every really? day. Wow. Yeah. And so Jack saw this and was uh-huh. intrigued by it. And within six months, uh, I guess the following year in January, uh, Sadhguru did a program at Nashville
1: uh-huh. and
2: uh, Jack decided to go. And uh-huh. within a year, all three of us were doing the same practices and going. Um, Rishi and I made trips to the ashram and Rishi, mm-hmm. Jack and I um, started help. To build the um the ashram in Tennessee, wow, I'm having goosebumps just hearing this.
0: I, <laughs> this is so powerful, no really like i'm I'm just the,
1: the goosebumps the goosebumps are because it was cold when we first started going up there
2: oh yeah you guys, <laughs> <laughs> believe me,
0: yeah, now it's a little bit more you know comfortable and more you know
2: a able- little. <laughs> yeah when you when you're trying to wash dishes with one outside faucet yeah yeah
0: (laughs) but it's really cool to know that you were the you know strong foundation as they were building the foundation of Isha here and it's really cool to have guests like you who have played part in that and making that happen. And so the grace of Sadhguru is definitely with you. And what Rishi is doing right now, being Isha Hatha yoga teacher, that's marvelous, Rishi. And, um, you know, I hear wonderful things from other Isha Hatha yoga teachers like Alisa and wonderful things that you do. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and how you came to that possibility? And maybe Shelly, you can add something along with that. In his journey.
2: Sure, go ahead, Rishi. Uh,
1: sure. Yeah. Um, so I guess a couple of a couple of different things to respond to. Um, mm-hmm. The the first thing is um, talking about um, what what came next immediately following. Yes. Uh, with the programs, I feel like um, I feel like I I took to it like you know like paper to fire or like gasoline to fire, however that expression goes, because the. It, for me, it felt like my um, uh, trying to, to s- smoke or drink or whatever it was, was yeah. I was desperately seeking some other type of experience in my life. Yeah. And um, when that became available, even though it, it you know, even though my, I felt like the practices were kind of, I mean, honestly, over my head when I first learned them, <laughs> uh, I felt that my experience of the program and of, you know, the talks were strong enough that, uh, um, I was, I was super committed to it and that, um, I didn't feel like I was forcefully trying to be a better, you know, uh, kid or something like that. I was still honestly not a very great student. I was still relatively disinterested in school, but I went from desperately trying to get away from it and desperately trying to seek some other thing to uh kind of just being overwhelmed and a, and a, by what was given to me and just like continuously uh as I apply myself to it realizing that it's bigger and bigger and uh and 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 doing enough to like pass socially in yeah. the school. Mm-hmm. So it, it, I, I, wanted, I just wanted to, um, you know, kind of talk about, touch on that because yeah. I think oftentimes, um, and I notice this sometimes with um, parents that I get as a, as a hatha yoga teacher, mm-hmm. they, there is this strong desire that um, one yoga program should fix every problem that the kid has. <laughs> Um, and you know, I think that, uh, it was a big reorganization for me because I was very strongly seeking something like this. And then when it showed up, I, I took to it very quickly, but, um, for a lot of people, that's not the case. I know personally, at least one person who did not do practices because they wanted to, and, and it was you know because of encouragement, social encouragement, the people around them were doing practices, their family that they just kind of kept it up you know because it was easy and I, that was a very strange like foreign concept to me i couldn't have imagined that as a as a teenager that you didn't just take to this like <laughs> like yeah. wildfire or something but yeah. uh, but for for that person um you know when uh when the when the proverbial shit hit the fan in mm-hmm. you know later in life as a college student or whatever they uh were able to fall back they they realized the significance of what they had been doing mm-hmm. um so just just that i i think it's interesting that um you know it's it's effective in different ways um yeah. and and i just didn't want to give that uh expectation that uh if you have yeah. If your kid is having problems in school, enroll them in yoga. <laughs> because yeah. it, it may do some it may do some good, but it may not look like what you think it's going to look like type of yeah. a thing. And um,
0: our expectation of it being fixed a certain way is mm-hmm. totally not how it should be. And when Sadhguru talks about, for example, inner engineering or Shambhavi, he says for one person it may make them, you know, more gentler. It for another person it may make them more compassionate it may make them more you know understanding or calmer more peaceful so these technologies work differently for different people according to your system and what it requires and because you were so seeking avidly in 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 making something happen for yourself in sort of an unconscious way as a child but when this happened like consciously it took to a whole different level and that's so cool to see it's such a marvelous story rishi and so uh, I want you to finish the second question I had asked, and then I have another one I'm so curious to ask. <laughs> so go ahead.
1: Okay. Um, I, I mean, um, I guess uh, in terms of getting into um, uh, getting into teaching um, Hatha mm-hmm. Yoga, it was, uh, you know, I, I think, and, and you can kind of speak to this too, Mom. I think for both of us, we we mostly mostly just wanted to be participants i don't think either of us <laughs> thought yeah. that you know we were interested in uh, or or cap- interested or capable of uh trying to offer something like that yeah is that how you felt too mom
2: i i really felt that way a lot because um of how old i was i was like mm-hmm. 61 when i did it and it's not that other people haven't done it who are older than me but yeah. I didn't even start, you know, practicing real yoga until I was 50. Yeah. <clears throat> so I didn't think my body could handle it. Yeah.
1: And so, uh. But
2: has it been able to handle it? Do you feel it did, different? It did up to a certain point And then I had, um, back problems, but that's, yeah. you know, that's okay. I still yeah. do what I need to. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And, uh, we had, um, I would say, uh, for, for myself, I, um, spent some time at uh, at the Isha Center Mm -hmm. Um, I had another I guess speaking of people who had been with Osho that had been maybe a big influence on both of us uh, Mm -hmm. I had one roommate who uh, was an older guy and he had been with Osho for uh, a number of years and he was my roommate at the Isha ashram here Mm -hmm. Um, marvelous guy and he would always um, he had a very strong uh, BS detector and uh, (laughs) he would call you out uh, very lovingly, but also make fun of you and this kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But he, uh, he, he said something to me about like, uh, he was, he was a French guy. He said something like, you know, Rishi is this I think you will be either a massage therapist or a, or a teacher, a yoga teacher. And I was like, no, no, thanks. That's, you know, <laughs> I thought I thought that that's not going to happen. Yeah. But uh, he was right.
0: Yeah. And for Shelly, for you, has having the technology of inner well-being like this has it improved your life, your career, and your you know relationships? How has it you know transformed some of those aspects in your life?
2: Um, well, immediately, I was really lucky because Sadhguru grew. Yeah. Um, Created the the school in um, the Indian ashram, yeah. and he needed volunteer teachers. So yeah. they knew that I had a, a language institute. So they called me and asked me if I could go there and train their language teachers.
0: Wow!
2: So that's how it got deeper. I went over there and I actually took Rishi with me.
0: Yeah. He was only
2: seventeen. Yeah. But we just we just stayed a month, and I think being wow. Yeah. Being in that atmosphere, yeah, yeah, that was was an amazing time. Yeah. And Sadhguru actually called us into his um, the place where he meets people and asked us if we if we liked what we were doing. We said, yeah. He said, would you come back next year and stay three months and all the teachers instead of just the language teachers Mm -hmm. did that. And uh, of course he's he doesn't let you go for free <laughs> if you, if you come over and you uh, get involved with stuff you get so deep into stuff yeah so we just got deeper and deeper and yeah. um
1: and you yeah. and your second time back mom you did you did like your own kind of extended sadhana there at the ashram so that right? was my
2: third time yeah first so the second can you tell time us a little back, bit about that oh sure so the second time back was in 2007 first time 2006 then 2007, then of course I went over there, there's my third time, Samyama, um, yeah, and then the fourth time was for a private one-month, um, sadhana with Sadhguru, I mean, he gets a ma to come and tell you what the schedule is, and stuff like that, so what, he was about to do Anadi, this was the summer before he did Anadi in 2010, yeah, and, um, uh so i rigorously i really Mm -hmm. seriously wanted to prepare my body so that i could be able to do a naughty with him that 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 would be three months with him you know in silence and once again i was kind of afraid for my body but anyway while i was there he he agreed to see me for 15 minutes oh and i said i said i would really like to go to that and you know he just smiled and you know he didn't make any commitment or anything but that uh so to tell you how much all these practices just deeper and deeper and in my, how did it affect my life? Well, I would say Rishi Jack and I had a focus in our family and our relationships. And, and I have a language, although I teach at the um, university, I have a language Institute that trains um, not only that gives not only language classes, but I train teachers in these methods. Mm -hmm. And, I made part of their training um, yoga just so that they could learn to manage their systems. They're Mm -hmm. under a lot of stress and Mm -hmm. I would invite Rishi to come in. And eventually after he finished his um, teacher training, he became the teacher at at MTSU. Anytime, you know, anybody wanted to do that, I'll let him talk about that. The other thing is, um, Jack, who's a philosophy professor, he started teaching more and more uh, Eastern thought classes so that he could introduce the notion of yoga. And then he would invite Rishi to come in and teach yoga to his students. Oh, that is so cool. Do you still do that, Rishi?
1: Uh, I actually just did a little uh, short yoga session for his, um, yeah, for one of his classes this past week. Uh, Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, that is so cool see how I, it's just so amazing to see all your whole family involved in making yoga happen <laughs> for everyone <laughs> who come across your path that is so cool but
1: kind of, yes go ahead. That, uh, i just wanted to respond to one thing you said mom of uh you know the, i kind of talking about the dynamic between uh, the three of us as a family had changed mm-hmm. um i feel like that was i mean people always ask what what benefits do you know from? What, what benefits do you get from practicing yoga? Or what What do you notice or something like that? Mm-hmm. And for me, I was a teenager, and so I didn't have any physical ailment problems or anything like that. I my, you know, my back was fine. I didn't have blood pressure or anything like that. But mm-hmm. uh, the the thing that I really noticed was that my all of my relationships with all the people in my life, my parents, my friends, peers, uh, you know, teachers, whoever I had to deal with just improved pretty dramatically. And, um, I feel like the kind of the family dynamic changed, uh, in a big way, I think yeah. after that, uh, and, and kind of slowly and gradually, but, um, just as an example, when I first, uh, did the, did the Isha Hatha yoga teacher training, um, and came back, uh, my. My parents both kind of helped with uh, classes. My mom always wanted to be in there and, yeah. <laughs> you know, greeting people. And my dad did the, uh, the demonstration for my first uh, Surya Kriya class. <laughs>
2: so, yeah,
0: that is so sweet, really. Shelly, you had a thought about what Rishi was saying earlier?
2: Oh, you know, it's I'm an old lady, it went out of my head. But if I think be, you know. <laughs> Rishi, right. your
0: name, um, so it used to be a different name, and then now it's Rishi. Did you get this name, new name, from Sadhguru himself?
1: Uh, yes, yeah, so as a part of the uh, Ishartha Yoga teacher training, when we were there... Um, he Sudguru had met with the with this that batch of teachers so i took it in 2013 i was a part of uh, the second batch with uh yeah as you know elisa yes. <laughs> uh, dear friend um yes and so uh as a part of one of the sessions he just kind of mentioned offhanded about how it would be good if we after doing the sadhana if it would be good if we took a new name and mm-hmm. um And that was something that I, at that point, I had already had friends that had become a brahmachari or Mm -hmm. something like that. So it wasn't a super foreign concept um, to me, but um, I think maybe about 10 or 15 of us from that Mm -hmm. batch of about 80 people. I think it was about 80 people from about 20 different countries for my um, teacher training. And out of that 80 or so, maybe 10, 15, uh, we gave our, we gave our name and uh, requested um, to to receive a new name um mm-hmm. and uh, we didn't hear back for a long time yeah <laughs> i think it was over a year uh before they they got back to us and uh yeah so the 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 deal was that uh yeah we had to change our names for life for, for that um but it, i wanted uh so i you know i was a little bit apprehensive living mm-hmm. in the south if if he named me like shri Chandragupta something or another <laughs> like <laughs> I would just have to leave i wouldn't be able to live in tennessee (laughs) anymore (laughs) but uh luckily rishi is two syllables so it's not too bad Mm -hmm. um in terms of uh, accessibility uh my understanding is so of course from the septa rishis Mm -hmm. was that it means like a sage Uh, i've also heard it translated to mean like ray of light or something like that Mm -hmm. um so uh yeah it's aspirational i yeah i uh i always uh <laughs> i always feel like that um when Sadhguru would call us uh hatha yogis or something i feel like he's mm-hmm. in one way inspiring us and in another way maybe making fun of us just a little bit <laughs> because uh it's it's aspirational it's also like a little tongue-in-cheek and it's a little uh, <laughs> i don't know that was maybe that's just my read on it because uh of my interactions with Sadhguru.
0: So, speaking about interactions with Sadhguru, do you have a funny incident um, with Sadhguru you'd like to share, Rishi and Shelly? Rishi, do you have
1: first. What do you what? go first? Mom? Or do you, yes. yeah, you want to share?
2: Let Mom he, go first. Yes. I remember when I first you know the the way that I teach is kind of like the way we learned our first language. Mm-hmm. You know, stand up, touch your head, touch your nose. So. First, I did it in the school on the ashram. And when the Swamis saw how funny and fun it was, they yeah. stood up immediately and they said, we must go to the forest children. So we went into the forest and I started teaching it in four, in I think it's three different places.
1: In, in the, the Dhanakindi village.
2: Yeah, the Dhanakindi village. And it's did you about, teach French there, Shelley? No, I was teaching English. Sorry. English. OK. Yeah. So I went over there to train the teachers and the methods and whatever language they taught they would apply it with their language. But one of the things that the swamis noticed was, wow, if this works so well here, let's mm-hmm. see if it works in the in the forest with the forest yeah. children. So I guess word got around to Sadhguru and eventually when he would see me, he would say, touch your head, touch your nose, or, you know, something funny like that.
1: I didn't know that. Wow.
0: That
2: is so adorable.
1: Also, also, that class was so much fun. The Donakin kids were, it was like the best, wasn't that like the best English class you ever had?
2: That was so fantastic. It was like a National Geographic gig. You know, we, we walked into the place about a half a kilometer, mm-hmm. and... The, it was, you know, dirt floors. Um, it was primitive. And there were children in there anywhere from age 2 to 10. Yeah. And, and anyway, I don't know if you saw the video, but you can see it all. Mm-hmm. Um, one, of the, one of the people at the ashram who was in college was doing a project um, on videos. And she took the videos that the swamis um, took of us teaching. Yeah, and put it into a, a a video that I show on my website now. Oh, nice! Yeah, you can see us, and Rishi's there too. Oh, you can see us in 2006 and 2000. I mean, 2007 and 2008. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the I think it's 2006 and 2007. I think oh, I had 2006 right. and 2007. Yeah. That's um, right. but no, the kids there were were
2: just so bright and lovely, and yeah. Yeah, they were fantastic. I don't... Yeah. I can't remember what else you asked.
0: Yeah. Rishi, your story with Sadhguru. Do you have uh, one to
1: share? <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay.
2: Uh, 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 the first thing he called you. See, we had to get permission for Rishi to go. Yeah. Because he's underage. Yeah.
1: Um.
2: So, and he looked... He had a long beard and long hair. And what did he say to you?
1: Oh, that's... uh. So that was in my second program. I don't... I don't know if
2: Okay. Okay. That's I don't okay. know if I want to say that sure, sure.
1: actually. Okay. Yeah. Is I mean I know we're recording right now, but uh is that sure. it because it, no, it was we... it happened during the BSP, so I don't I don't know. Sure. But, we
2: can say it. Yeah. We can tell her privately later.
1: Okay. Yeah. I, I actually I think I shared already that story.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, Whatever but, you feel comfortable with, Shadish, just share what you're most comfortable with.
1: Okay, sure. Yeah. Um I will say um I guess a lot of my interactions with Sadhguru have been um, very, very much like he. It's playful, and he's kind of making fun of me, and I just respond really well to that. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I've noticed that I just spark up, and everything opens up. And uh, uh, so one, there was one um, instance uh, at the at the Hatha Teacher Training um, where. Uh, there was like an in the lap of the master program uh-huh. that yes. had taken over our <laughs> our usual program hall. So mm-hmm. all of the Hatha teachers were very excited. We got to be in there as a part of that. Um, and uh, we were sitting close to the front. And I guess I just laughed particularly loudly at something. And for whatever reason, Sadhguru made me uh, demo for a joke that he was telling. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It was just a, uh, it was a, you know, uh, a, a wonderful experience and also very um, humbling. I don't know if, if you know, if, if, you've ever, if you've ever had a, a chance to ask him a question. I feel like um, the the feeling of being seen by someone who is not looking at you as uh, a a friend or a you know a child or a man or whatever it 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 yeah. feels like there is some significance to someone who is responding to you on the level of you know what all of my aspirations for experience in life yeah. are towards and somebody that that sees that and that r- i think really only wants to engage at that level of the relationship I yeah. guess and not uh not as uh any of the other relationships that you have in your life you know whether you're friends or roommates or coworkers or whatever um and I feel like uh I just have I have the I've had uh, the blessing of being able to have that you know very brief interaction a few times yeah. and um uh, and it's <laughs> luckily it's been, you know, kind of funny, a funny story or something a couple of times. That's all. Yeah.
0: Any more you'd like to share or that's, that's it for now? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I remember the very first, uh, okay, actually, no. So this is, this is something that will, that will include both of us. Okay. I was, when I was volu- volunteering for, um, my dad's program in mm-hmm. Nashville, uh, he took Shambhavi and I was, uh, I was on the ushering team, and uh, me and one of the other volunteers, we used to just sprint, run all the way down to check on the, the volunteer or the participants, and run yeah. all the way back. and we had so much fun. I was like sixteen, I think, at the time. Yeah. And uh, I remember when we broke for uh, I think we broke for lunch one time. Mm-hmm. And I believe you, mom. I believe you had written him a letter or oh, something. God, yeah. And so I was just walking beside him. This is a program we had, like maybe 400 people or something like that—volunteers and participants, maybe mm-hmm. something like that. And uh, I just—I was just walking to the thing, and I just looked up, and I noticed I had to be—I wa- happened to be walking right next to him as we were going to the dining. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, "What? Don't freak out on me." And uh, <laughs> he said uh, something like you know you should finish your school <laughs> and uh something about you know don't don't freak your mom out or something you finish your school something like that i don't remember yeah. what it was but it was uh i think uh yeah the, the don't freak out was the was the funny part to me <laughs> and uh <laughs> i don't think i i don't think i uh consciously took that as like a mission statement to finish my school but i think uh i think i by the time i had uh just started to do the practices i had cooled down on my resistance to school and yeah. uh so i think that my my maybe just passing on in high school was uh not not so much yeah i don't know what to say about that <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, that is so beautiful. And, you know, it, it's so nice to see your whole family has totally been, like, re-engineered with this technology. So it makes me curious, like, using the technology of inner engineering that we learned through Shambhavi, how do you, Rishi and Shelly, continuously engineer yourself to create the life that you wanted and mold it, in, you know, the way you'd like it?
2: What do you think? Han do you want to go first? How do you do keep
0: you- creating that magic within our engineering in your life? Is my question.
2: Well, I, I think the obvious thing for me is I his grace is just coming through me however he wants it to. Yeah. And the practices are as he's explained before, are you know, it's like he's tending a garden. Mm-hmm. And he says, if you just, you know, use the right soil and water it and if we just do our part you know the grace is going to come through and so many amazing things that i that i could never even pretend to hope to do have happened yeah and it's it's just uh can you give us an example of of that in your life shelly yeah i you know that what well, a long time ago when tsunami hit yeah and it was clear that Sadhguru was friends with Al Gore. Mm -hmm. I went to one of the uh, provosts, which is like a vice president of the university. And I showed her a lot of the stuff about Sadhguru. Um, I said, you know, this man is, is friends with Al Gore. Don't you think it would be neat if we got a consortium together and had them speak at the university and talk about... Because at that time, Sadhguru had actually invented a type of home for the people that were living on the coast so that if this oh. happened again, any, you know, he's got it, he's a brilliant engineer. Yes. So just, and I tried to tell her all the philanthropic projects he was doing and mm-hmm. she, here's what she said. Oh, we can't have somebody that looks like that speaking yeah. at this university. So it was over with in short shrift. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. what, what, like 10 years later, mm-hmm. it was Right before, it was while Rishi was at his um Hatha teacher training program.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So the dean of the Honors College, who's in charge of um a course every year, mm-hmm. a, a special lyceum where they invite specialists to come in and they give it a theme. Mm-hmm. And the theme that year was um health and happiness. Yeah. And I'm a French teacher, but he came into my office and he said, Shelly, could you be one of our speakers this year? And I said, I I guess so. But do you want me to talk about health and happiness as far as French goes? And he says, well, well, what do you think? And I said, well, I learned yoga and meditation from an Indian guru. I said, but I'm sure you don't want me to talk about that. And he Mm -hmm. said, sure, I would love that. Well, (laughs) so I I didn't think he really knew what he was talking about. Mm -hmm. So I tried to explain to him further that -hmm. there was an ashram, that there was somebody in charge of the ashram. His name was Sental, and I tried to encourage him to contact Sental to come and talk. So he said, no, I want you to talk. I even tried to get him to invite somebody from the philosophy department because I was trying to push Jack because he knows how to talk about these things. Mm -hmm. Well, he kept saying no. So after he left my office, I actually wrote him a rather detailed description of Sadhguru Mm -hmm. and what I was going to say. And he said, Great. So this is a huge change. Yeah. And I realized, and I just said to Sadhguru, I mean, you know, in, in my mind, in my heart,
0: yeah. I'm, I'm
2: just going to say whatever I feel like saying about you and how you've changed our family. And that's what I did. And I think I sent you that.
0: Wow.
2: Yeah. And the guy, me, the dean wrote me and he said, um, this is the highest number of people we've ever had to attend this. This is the highest number of papers that students have written on it. And mm-hmm. anyway, yeah, uh, of course, that was all not me. Yeah. yeah. The grace. Yeah, I was just yeah. like, and, and, and what, what, Rishi, you can go on from here, but what I happened. Was that...
1: your, I was just going to add to your
0: story. Yeah. A... Yes, Good please time. do, Rishi. Was, was just Come the... closer oh. to the microphone, please. <laughs> oh, sorry. Can you hear me?
1: Okay. Yes. I'm like having to hold it up next. Okay. Um, but, but what, as a, as, just as a part of that story, uh, I was on my way back from India at that time. And I, I had just come just off of the plane uh-huh. and came to the, came to the talk <laughs> that day.
2: Immediately after it was over. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he, and he got up and spoke. You know, the people started posing questions. And I
1: uh-huh. just
2: directed them. They they asked him, Rishi, tell us what happened. Oh, at that time, your name was still Walker. Yeah. yeah
0: Wow, that's astounding, yeah. really.
2: It is uh, astounding, and there's yeah. so many other stories, but Rishi, what about you, huh?
0: yeah after actually Shelley, you can add one more story, and Rishi can think of one as as you're finishing yours <laughs> if you want yeah.
2: are you do you have something in mind you mean of
0: uh, any story that you'd like to share about the grace and you know these uh, mystical dimensions that come alive in our life because we're practicing this type of yoga and we're including this technologies of inner engineering and and Sadhguru's grace in our life. Like anything that you see in your life that you want our listeners to, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the fact that I got through Anadi was, was an amazing like physical and I've never felt so, Amazing. Um mm-hmm. that and then and I went you to You did the, that for
0: 90 day program, right? What's That, that was in
2: 2010. And when Rishi yeah. came back, I don't know Rishi can speak to this. i I I just wanted to take it to them. I wanted to take my my body and I just wanted to take advantage of everything Sadhguru had to offer. So I was like yes. Well, if he'll accept me, then I'll do it too. And Rishi was like, yeah, you can do it, mom. You can do it, mom. So yeah. that, was, that was pretty, th- that was extremely intense. <laughs> and when I came back, he said, I never thought you'd be able to finish that.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's the grace though, right? I, I feel like it That's just kind it. of helps you sail through those things.
2: I mean, the fact that he would give me, everything is grace. Everything, mm-hmm. every desire for me to even do that. Is grace, and he made it happen because you
0: shared that and expressed that right in front of Sadhguru to himself.
1: (laughs) And and I, I mean, if if I can uh, comment on what what appears to me as grace in your life is, uh, I mean, I feel like watching you as a teacher and watching you as a mentor to people. There are so many, just little little coinciding factors uh that it, it it always seems like you're uh your the work relationships that you value so dearly and you know that this this big impact that you have on a lot of people's lives happens so um in such a well lubricated and kind of magical way that I yep. feel like that is I mean, you, you saying everything is grace. I feel like I see that in, yeah, in yeah. several things in, in your life.
2: Yeah. Rishi's talking about my professional um, language institute. Yes, yes. So that is totally, oh, my God. Th- yeah, I, w- I wasn't going to talk about that, but that. Yes, please is, do, Shelley. Please. I just mean one after the other. People, yeah. students coming to me needing training, people from all over the world writing me. I've been to India, China. This summer I went to Africa, you know, via Zoom.
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: just the, the relationships I have uh, are so beautiful and so yeah. Uh, magical. Yeah, just yeah. like you said. And,
1: and it feels like there is a different level of ease that you have in those situations now. To me, it's exactly. then, then when, you know, when I was a kid, it seemed like you had a lot more anxiety about that kind of stuff.
2: Exactly. Yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah. yeah, and that definitely Sadhguru says that you know certain practices like inner engineering and shambhavi, what it does is it eliminates and kind of like takes all those rough edges in your from your life and in inside of you and kind of smooths it all out so you can function better, whether physically, mentally, emotionally, and on on all levels, right? Your health right. improves, your yeah. confidence improves like your anxiety becomes less, you know, challenging for you. So mm. so many factors like that happen. and for each and the reason we do this podcast is because each story is so phenomenal. In, in how it, how the technology works for each person so differently. So it's real, really marvelous to see how it worked for your entire family. <laughs> it really, it, it's just like mind blowing to me. It's beautiful, indeed. Thank you. Rishi, and you all have something to say, add to that because we didn't sure. really get to. To come over to you <laughs>
1: <laughs> no no it's, it's I, I think it's great I like uh listening and I feel like some of this is stuff that my mom and I have talked about a little bit and some of it's stuff that we maybe haven't talked about between each other as much so it's it's a it's a cool conversation to be a part of yeah um, I agree but um in terms of um you know like applying the practices and you know applying these tools and what kind of uh experience that's been in my life. Um, I, uh, I feel like, uh, man, so many things come to mind. Um, Uh I feel like I have been able to, uh, avoid a lot of really stupid decisions that I probably would have made otherwise. Um, being a 20 something year old who is not chasing after, uh, sex and drugs with <laughs> yes. uh, my peers so in my early 20s uh, yeah. that I think that was uh, you know um, I don't even know what to say about that um, yeah. instead I had something where I I could have I could have good relationships with the people in my life and um, when I was in my early 20s Mm-hmm. or mm, yeah early 20s i uh i wanted to find some way to express like the experience that i was you know kind of in coming off of practices and i guess i think uh, at that time when i was in my 20s people would i would if i would go out with friends or something i would maybe do my practices at their house you know we would come back and i would do my practice at you know, 10 at night or two in the morning or whatever was happening. And, uh, I think it was a, um, a, a joke, like an inside joke, or, you know, people would make fun of me that when I came back from doing my practice, I looked like I had done some of the drugs or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> And, um, because it was that, it was that kind of experience for me. It was, um, a, uh, a, a, a pleasant and Mystical and um, profound, and 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 this is something that um, I have always struggled with, uh, especially in high school when I was doing my uh, my shunya every day. I, mm-hmm. I had I had no way to talk about it, and so I just yeah. didn't I didn't speak about it to my friends at that time. And it's something that has very slowly come to a place where I was able to coexist with them, where mm-hmm. I was able to do practices with them. Mm-hmm. And then now in my, so mid twenties to now, now I'm now being 30, yeah. I feel like I'm getting better at, um, sharing it in an unobtrusive and uh, genuine way. Uh, I hope. And, um, and that's taken the form of, um, I suppose, uh, Probably, probably, first um, with uh, poetry, um, I started just trying to express what I was you know feeling during practices or you know program or something like that, uh, with little little poems here and there, and uh, eventually um, getting to you know uh, share it as a teacher. Um, You know, which is a very different thing. You know, it's a very organized. Mm -hmm. um, If you've ever been to any of the programs, of course, you would Mm -hmm. notice that uh, programs are very, uh, very organized and um, uh, what to say, uh, formal type of thing. Yes,
0: Um, and properly, you know,
1: executed, Uh, yeah. And so I I appreciate, um, I, I took the teacher training as a way to Find a a supportive activity, like eyes open activity, that I can do that that fits into my life, that I can um, enjoy and use every part of myself to to work at it and um, and and to interact with people in the in the regular day world and that kind of a thing. Um, and, do you share your
0: poetry? Rishi, when you teach hatha yoga, like at the end of it, when you close.
1: <laughs> no, is that I don't. something
0: you do? No, <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> I, uh, I don't. I actually didn't used to really share it hardly at all to anyone. Uh,
0: uh-huh. We encourage but, them to please share, <laughs> Rishi. We would love to hear about it. And if you, if you're okay, I know I'd asked you this before. But if if you are okay, can you share a little bit of your poetry right now? If if you're uh, comfortable. Yeah,
1: I can. Uh, let me just uh I have it I'm on my computer, so I can just uh okay. pull it up here now.
2: Um Well you might want to add the I think one of the one of the translations for Rushi is poet too, no? Yeah. Am I right? Uh
1: you yeah, you could be. I d I don't know actually. Um, um so at this point, I've written, I think, over fifty mm-hmm. or so poems. So, uh,
0: Please share the one that's closest to your heart.
1: Um, I guess feeling like you know this is uh, uh, so. For some reason, I feel like this w- this conversation um, makes me feel strongly about um, the practice, like practice mm-hmm. that I take in my life. Yes. Um, this is a poem that I wrote when, uh, I think somebody somebody asked me, somebody who was not in Isha, who's just a friend, there was some interaction where it felt like uh, they were wondering what I was, or what the practice was, or what, I, what, what it meant to me, or something like that. And it became like, um, I West. don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was, the, and so I I did my practice like the next day, and uh, had this poem that kind of came out, and uh, so I don't know. This is just one that I saw. Sure. In my, so uh, this Take is sure. called the the stone cutter. <clears throat> Suppose you're a stone cutter, your whole life is with the stone. You work your apprenticeship, and it becomes your life. You make everything from You make everything from bowls to floors to temples. It is your daily work. It is your bread, your sustenance. It is your highest form of art and expression. It is your poetry, music, your life's breath. It's your everything. All your hopes, dreams, ambitions, struggles, joys and loves happen through the stone. Now suppose one day The master stone cutter who has taught you everything. One day he just takes you aside. He shows you the heart of cutting stone. Just with your hammer and chisel you cut through the stone, through the world, through yourself, through the entire universe itself and you make a small space maybe just the size of your thumb and you work and work and tend and care And create a small space for God to just come and sit. Like a child leaving cookies for Santa. And for no reason at all, he just comes and sits with you. Not a man or a woman, not a bearded ghost in the sky, not a form or entity. God himself just comes and sits with you. In all the impossibility of it all. You don't say anything. What's there to say? He doesn't say anything. What is there to say? You just sit there with him. Through this hole in the fabric of the universe. Like sipping a nice cup of tea and enjoying the day. Or sitting silently with a loved one as they pass on. Every day, twice a day. Uh,
0: Wow, that was so beautiful, Rishi. So beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. I know it it took a lot for you to reveal this part of you, so we're (laughs) grateful for you opening yourself up to this possibility and sharing your lovely poem with us. Sure. Truly grateful that you did that.
1: <laughs> sure, sure.
0: Shelley, would you like to add
2: something? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a little choked up. Oh. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> priceless moment. I'm so happy. Yeah. But this does me give me an opportunity to say something. You, you know how it, you just felt listening to that. Yes. Song. So what I've noticed, and Rishi has, because of, you know, the physical ailments I've had, and, and because I forget things, yeah. Rishi has um, retaught me some practices. And we do Guru Puja in my house, you know, before COVID, yeah. every week, I have a sanity room.
0: Yeah.
2: And that's the way I feel with him. I have oh. to say it feels like older brother or a father um, in any case, in, you know, in the spiritual sense, I feel uh, unconditionally loved. I feel the, the peaceful vibration. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm so grateful. I, I, you know, it's, a, it's a parents, well, it's anybody's dream come true for to have a friend or a relation like this. And so I'm really, yeah, really grateful, really grateful.
0: This is so priceless. I mean, what you have created in your life and your relationships. And you know, the, the mother and son relationship is always so precious. But the yoga that you practice, you have taken to a, a whole different new level of possibility. Your relationship is at like a
2: totally marvelous point, I
0: see. <laughs>
2: well, you know, Rishi, Rishi can appreciate the irony of this yeah. because he knew my mother. I didn't have a real... Um, nurturing example of a mother so I always felt like I was not that ever so that's why I feel like all this anything that's happened you know this course has been through the grace of Sadhguru and yeah yeah.
1: I feel like that you know like you said I feel like that's something that uh, a lot of the times uh, people that are in both of our lives or people that know our family Mm -hmm. um, think that that's just how they are. Like, that's how they, you know, like, that's how I grew up, or the, you know, that's just how they've always been. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's definitely, you know, it's definitely not how it always was. It's not the, the type of examples that, you know, yeah. we had in the previous generation in our family.
2: Um, yeah, yeah, we definitely no, came from dysfunctional parents. Both Jack and I did. So, yeah, so there's hope. I think most of us do. I mean, yeah. if I can be totally we're just, honest, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're,
1: we're just the same regular idiots that everybody else is. <laughs> and
0: I, yeah. I, I think it doesn't matter if you come from east or west. Every family has a little bit of dysfunction in it, and you uh, know, and it it varies from family to family. But um it, it there's no such thing as normal family. I don't think I've ever seen one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. a good point
0: yeah this is so amazing just talking to both of you before I end um, I wanted to ask is there something that I missed to touch upon that you'd like to share that I haven't asked I would love to hear more I'm almost hesitant to close because I can talk to you for another two hours but (laughs) and maybe we can have you again I would love that if you're well, both open to it, yeah.
2: I I don't have anything to say. I can't think of anything now, but just that you're, that you're such a good interviewer, and I appreciate what you've what you've done here.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Shelley. It means a lot to me. Uh, we're growing and learning and evolving as we go <laughs> as this spiritual yeah. journey unfolds <laughs> for all of us. <laughs> so I'm truly excited for you, Rishi. I really. You're such a marvelous uh, Isha Hatha yoga teacher. And before I close, I was a little bit curious about this aspect. I've seen Alisa teach and she has her own flair of how she teaches yoga. And it's very like soft and subtle and very, you know, she shows up as a mother almost. And uh, it's really sweet being with her in that space. Uh, and I've taken several classes with her. So I'm curious when you teach, Rishi, like what is your style? How do you come in as a Isha Hatha yoga teacher? And anyone who's listening right now who is sort of falling behind in the practices or maybe not have the discipline or maybe feel overwhelmed of like, how do I do all the practices all the time? Or how do I manage while working from home or family or kids and do my practices? Do you have anything in that regard to share, Rishi, that you would like to add before we close? Um, well, I want to see how as a Hatha yoga teacher, you can kind of answer this sure, sure,
1: sure.
0: for some of our listeners.
1: I mean, first of all, for me, uh, you know, I have all, of, all my friends are talking about how difficult quarantine has been, but yeah. I, it's been, it's been a great vacation for me. <laughs> <laughs> my mom and I, I think we're both talking about this, like my, uh, I'm able to do my, my longer form asanas. I'm spending more time on it and, yeah. uh, it's i can like go outside and (laughs) do practices and yeah um so in terms of uh how to cope with difficult situations i may not be the most (laughs) relatable (laughs) because uh for on that regard but in terms of um you know i think honestly i feel like uh most of us when we're playing the role of the hatha yoga teacher um we're just there for the class and we try to relate to the person to the extent that it's needed for them to be receptive to the Mm -hmm. class. And, and we just try and focus on that, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, In terms of, uh, uh, you know, I, I mean, I think, I think I come across differently in different groups of people Mm -hmm. Um, in uh, you know, I mean, so just as an example, I've, I've had classes in uh, the Boys and Girls Club classes at the high school classes uh, at a correctional facility mm-hmm. uh, college campuses and then of course um, you know traveling and teaching programs for the Isha Foundation mm-hmm. um, so that it could be you know kids it could be uh, people who are in a correctional institution that uh, to be honest feel like people I went to school with or something. <laughs> um, but you know, I think you, you relate to people on different levels depending on what type of class they're there for and how they know you. Um, I think that people who are a little bit scared or intimidated to be in a class, I mm-hmm. try to connect with them with a, uh, in a, in a joking manner, uh, Loosen them up and that kind of a thing mm-hmm. uh, for sweet, my friends. Really sweet, yeah, for my friends that that know me as a uh, as a ridiculous goofball in my personal <laughs> life. Mm-hmm. Uh, with them, I'm free oftentimes to be. If if it's something that they're really coming for a program, there's some level of seeking in them, and uh, and they know me as you know whatever in a personal life. It frees me up to be as intensely in the process and in the program with them as, Mm -hmm. as I can. And, uh, you know, so I think, I think people, um, you know, it's people's experience of the classes is different and, you know, every, I think every, to some extent, every teacher Mm -hmm. is. Plays a slightly different role in the class. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think not even just as hatha yoga teachers, even as you know, any any kind of teacher, I think does this to some extent.
0: And what do you say to someone who's struggling to keep up with regular practices?
1: You know, uh, I feel like I, I want to ask you this also, Mom. I think for for me, we the two of us have very different styles of mm-hmm. practice, uh, where. Um, I definitely have gone through periods where uh, I was not as regular with the practice, mm-hmm. and I've never been, I would say, someone who has discipline with the practice. Um, for me, it's always been, like now that my practice is happening very regularly, it's not because I have organized my life, because that that hasn't happened. My my day may be going any which ways and practice happens as this uh, usually kind of strong force that pushes other things aside. Wow.
0: Well,
1: <laughs> uh, it's not yeah. a, it, it's, I, I feel like it's a, it's a pull and it's a, for me, it's like a, a pull and um, like a pull and a calling or mm-hmm. something like that, that I, I want to. I want to attend to my experience again, that Mm -hmm. I want to, my practice for me feels like a very, um, very much an expression of my seeking, Uh, whatever Mm -hmm. I'm going through that day, if I'm (laughs) having some type of difficulty, uh, if I, if there's something that I really want to go to, but I would miss my practices uh, and I, and I don't go to that and I instead do my practice, I feel like it just gets poured into it. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've, i I think I've said this to people a number of times, maybe, but I've, there've been many times where I missed out on something that was very important to me to do yeah. practices. And I have I think never we can all relate to that. I feel yeah. the
0: same way. Yeah. A lot of times I, you know, I have a neighbor that I recently moved next to, and she always wants to go take a walk during the time during presence time (laughs) or I'm about to do my evening practices and I've often said no and I would love to have more friendship with her but I rather have that Sadhguru time presence time than go take a walk during that time and so she just texted me before the interview and I was thinking (laughs) the same thing
1: (laughs) but it's it's something where you know it's happened to me several times that it was something that I missed out on that I cared a lot about. Yeah, uh, that I did my practice instead, and I have never, I have never regretted doing that. But I have regretted regretted it a few times the other way.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. He gives you a lot more in that, you know, discipline and sticking with the practices than you would ever imagine. Um, there is so much to be said about what Sadhguru is, and I think sometimes in saying that you would miss saying so much of it. Does that make sense? <laughs> so sometimes I feel like when it comes to me, I feel like I'd rather not say anything at all. But if you had to describe your inner engineering experience in one word, how would you describe it? Can we start with mom, uh, Shelly?
2: Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, as Rishi was pointing out, we're completely different. And yeah. it's fantastic to have all those people in your life I'm as he knows I'm very disciplined and my I'm very schedule oriented and when I found this I was just like okay my life revolves around this end of question yeah so I always did my practices and I guess the ironic thing well maybe it's not ironic but eventually I I couldn't do like the all the asanas anymore yeah and having to give those up it, it made me sad but it also you know you, you have to, you know, um, the divine is in control. Yes. I went inside uh-huh. and I found um, a level of um, devotion that I don't think I had before. Yeah. I think I'm very um, discipline oriented. And mm-hmm. I think Christine has always been more devotion oriented. Now I'm, I'm getting more that way and it's, it's beautiful. I love it.
0: Wow. So you would say your inner engineering experience in one word would be what?
2: Um, I loved everything he said. I did everything he said. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure it, 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 it completely changed my life. Mm-hmm.
1: If I can, um, yeah. yes. what, would your, what would your word be now? Maybe not then, but as a holding, Yeah, because yeah. we're yeah. in the
0: present moment and we're very curious because where you have come from and how far you have come, that journey is so mesmerizing. So i like to know if you had to encompass all of that journey into one word of inner engineering, your experience in that one word, What would, what word would you choose?
2: Yeah, yeah. And I think Rishi and I have both sat down and said this together once is just so profoundly grateful
0: mm. that we found this. Yeah. And,
2: and that gratefulness just leads me into deeper and deeper devotion.
0: Oh wow. Beautifully we, said.
2: Yeah. We know that we're lucky. I uh, you know, I don't know what I don't know. It's a silly word to use, but you know, his oh, man, that we got this in this lifetime. We're yeah. just like, yeah. Go ahead, Rishi uh,
1: No, I think that's a good answer um I guess for me personally uh, stillness I guess mm-hmm. um, that mm-hmm. was yeah. that has always been um the i guess most overwhelming aspect of my experience of that mm-hmm. uh, i have i feel like I have you know, uh big big joy moments, big love moments. Uh mm-hmm. but I feel like the the thing that it, is it seems the most overwhelming to me. Or or the yeah, that's I would say that. that stillness is what yeah. seems most overwhelming to me as my inner engineering experience. <laughs> yeah.
0: That is so beautiful. And you know, Rishi, all the the bounciness that you had as a teenager as your mom was describing and as i began started the interview i didn't even know how to kind of ask that question because she had mentioned you know all these things that you were doing you know as you know a young teenager you know bouncing (laughs) with energy (laughs) and possibly new hormones and you know drugs and friends and all that partying and and that stillness came in and it just kind of stabilized your life for a whole new possibility and it's so amazing to see how you have blossomed in it it's just really nice to see oh and thank you for you know sharing that with us it's really truly tremendous experience for me just sitting here with both of you and to witness your journey in this regard i'm truly grateful to you both for making time from your very busy schedule to make this happen for us here at Sacred Balance Podcast, truly grateful for having you today and speaking with you both. Thank, you so, yeah, thank, thank you. you so much. Yeah, thank you so
1: much. If I can just say one thing is yes, I, please. I feel like the um, the bounciness, uh, <laughs> yeah, was it was kind of dwarfed by the stillness. If that makes sense, it yeah. it feels less intense than what mm. I was able to experience. Uh, yeah the practices if that makes sense yeah
0: yeah and i think a lot of parents who could be listening right now who are going through similar things during quarantine and pandemic having to homeschool their children can really learn something from this your story you know that something magical can also happen for their child (laughs) it's a possibility you know So, thank you so much, Shelly. Thank you so much, Rishi. It is so nice having you on today and speaking with you both. We're truly grateful to have Mm -hmm. you on the podcast today.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. Such a great experience. Yeah, thanks for inviting us. Absolutely.
0: Certainly been our pleasure here. Have a wonderful rest of your evening. Namaskaram. (laughs) Namaskaram. Namaskaram. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to our show today. You can find out more about Sacred Balance, Technology of Inner Engineering, our guest, and the topics covered from the show notes attached to the series and the episode. We would appreciate your balanced feedback on the ratings in the review section. Until next time, a world full of love, light, and laughter. Let's
2: make it happen.